Thank you for worshiping with us at Destiny. My name is Matt Bell, and I am the pastor here at Destiny Church, and I just want to welcome you uh, to Destiny and say thank you for being here and thank you for worshiping with us today. At Destiny Church, we believe in the God of the Bible. We believe that the Bible is God's word and that what it says about him is true. And that means that God does have a plan, a purpose, a destiny for your life. We do not believe that your life is just a a collection of random events, but that there is a divine plan and purpose for you. And we're all about living out the, the purpose and the plan and the destiny that God has for each one of us. Today is our final uh, week in Romans chapter 8. This will be the eighth week that we have spent going through Romans chapter 8 together. And how many of you enjoyed our time in Romans chapter 8? Now, have I convinced you yet that Romans 8 is the greatest chapter in the Bible? (laughs) Have I, are you convinced yet? Is, is, I'm close. The jury's still out. Maybe after today we'll We'll have a consensus. You know, I really do believe that Romans 8 is the, the greatest chapter in all the Bible. It has so much encouragement for me, and it's spoken to me into my life so many times, helped me through so many situations. So for me, it is the greatest chapter, and I know for many of you, it is as well. If, if, if it's not for you, hey, it's okay. There's still a place for you at Destiny Church. You can still take communion with us, and we'll still pray for you and all of that. But anyway, we're finishing up Romans chapter 8 today, and the Apostle Paul has one final question for us in Romans chapter 8, but I would also invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30 as well. If you have your Bibles, you can go to that passage. We're going to look at that passage today at the end of the message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who speaks to us. Lord, that we don't have to wander around in in the dark. We don't have to stumble in search for you. Lord, that you have revealed yourself. You have shown us clearly who you are. Lord, as we come to your word, we we come with humble hearts, uh, wanting to receive from you, wanting to hear from you. So, Lord, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us. Give us eyes to see what what it is you want us to see today. Lord, let us not only be hearers of your word, deceiving ourselves, but let us be people who who put your word into practice in our lives, who take action on what it is you would have for us to do. Lord, being a a Christian is not just a, a... holding to a, a set of beliefs. It's, it's about living a, a certain way, living as, as your people. So, Lord, instruct us, teach us, help us, Lord, through our time in your word to, to live as, as your people where you've, you've called us, where you've planted us, Lord, that we would be fruitful for you, that, that you would be glorified in our lives, that, that, that we would, would, would do a good job of, of pointing people uh, to you. Lord, that you are truly the light of the world as we celebrate in this season how, how you came from heaven to earth, and Lord, that we would help shine the light, your light, everywhere we go, every single day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, one final question. We're going to start in verse 35 today. Who shall separate us 
from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Here Paul poses this, this final question of who can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And he lists here several things that are unpleasant things. We, we would never look forward to a day if it had one of these things on the calendar or one of these things on the agenda for the day. If I woke up and it, it, you know, I looked at my calendar and it said at 10.30 I had a, an appointment that was tribulation, I wouldn't be looking forward to that day. How many of you have been through some tribulation in your life? Some trials, some, some tests. Maybe you're in the middle of tribulation right now. You're in the middle of a, a season of, of testing in your life. He goes on to list distress, persecution, famine, nakedness. I mean, so poor you can't even put clothes on your body. Danger, sword. You know, some of these things we, we might relate to. Some of these things we, we might not relate to. Because, honestly, we live in a, the, the greatest country in the world with religious freedom today. Where we're really not under the threat of persecution. We're, we're not under the threat of sword. And I hate to break it to you, but... When someone says happy holidays to you and not Merry Christmas, that's not religious persecution, friends. That's not religious. When there's a snowflake on your coffee cup, but it doesn't say Merry Christmas, that's not religious persecution. A list of, of 13 men lined up on a beach and, and, and men shrouded with a sword who, who are severing their heads for their faith in Christ. That is persecution. Millions of believers today in China who meet and gather under, under the very real threat that at any moment people from their government could burst through the doors and, and separate them from their family never to be seen again. That's religious persecution. Living under the fear of do I invite this person to church or, or do I not? Do I witness to them or, or do I not? Are, are, they, are, are they going to take me to jail for my witness for Christ? That is persecution. So when we read about this, sometimes we don't relate to these categories, but there's other things in our life that we do experience, like divorce. Will divorce separate me from God's love? What about the loss of a loved one? If, if I've lost a loved one, will, will that separate me from the love of Christ? What about cancer? Will cancer separate me from the love of Christ? What about a mar marriage that's, that's falling apart or a, or a spouse who, is, who has left or, or a child who, who is not walking with the Lord? Will these things separate me from the love of God? You know, we go through things in life and, and in our flesh, we're tempted to think that 
God does not love me because of what I'm going through, because of my circumstance. We're tempted in our flesh to think those thoughts. And worse than that, we have an enemy who comes and will lie to us and say, God doesn't love you. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be going through this stuff. Will these things separate us from the love of God? He goes on to quote Psalm 44, verse 22. He says, as it is written, for your sake, for God's sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Here in in Paul's day, they were living under the very real threat of persecution that, that for their faith in Christ, because of their faith in Christ, the world is against them, and, and we today are living in a culture that is becoming increasingly hostile towards God's people, increasingly host, hostile to the things of Christ and, and certainly the things of the Word of God, where if you take a stand for, for what God's Word says about certain things in our culture, you can lose your job. Every week we're reading more and more reports of people who who take a stand for what God's word says and they lose their job because of it. I read a, a news report just this week of a teacher who took a stand on God's word and lost her job. We're living in a culture that's becoming increasingly counter to God and God's word. Where does it go from here? Will these things separate us from the love of God? If, I, if, if I've lost my job because I took a stand on God's word, does that mean that God doesn't love me anymore? What is his answer in verse 37? No. The answer is no. These things will not separate you from God's love. In my Bible, I have that underlined multiple times. No. It is an emphatic no in all of these things. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor Rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate you from God's love? Nothing. Fill in the blank. It cannot separate you from God's love. He says height or depth or or angels or rulers or, or demonic powers or anything else in all creation, things in the past, things in the present, things in the future. And in case you're tempted to say, well, he didn't mention this. He says anything else. That nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love. 
More than that, he says, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. I like that. Now, it's not that we will be spared from these things, as we've looked at over the last several weeks, that that God's people go through trials and tribulation, that, that there are very real hardships in life and even suffering in life for God's people. That's why he's writing about these things. They shouldn't catch us by surprise when they happen, but when they do happen, we can rest assured that in all of them, we are more than conquerors, more than victorious. Amen. Amen. Have you thought about that, that no matter what Satan throws my way, because I belong to him, I'm going to be victorious. Whatever weapon, whatever plan, the best thinking in all of hell, the best plan they can come up with for you will not be victorious. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You are more than a conqueror through him. Now here's what we need to, we need to see. We really need to pay attention to the words here. We're more than a conqueror. How? Through him. It's not in our strength. It's not in our ability. It's not in my wisdom or, or my talents or, or I'm just strong enough and smart enough and gee whiz people like me. You know, it, it's through Christ that we are victorious. You see, in, in our own strength, we will fall. We can fail. If, we, if we're relying on ourselves to get us through our own power, I, man, I, what do I have against the forces of hell? I've got nothing but Jesus. And if, if I am in him and, and I am, am trusting in him and I am counting on him, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. No, through him I will Conquer, I will be victorious, more than a conqueror. You see, our culture again tells us that we need to look on the inside of us for answers. That's the, that's the best advice our culture has. Follow your heart. You, you're strong enough. You're smart enough. You've got what it takes. The gospel is... You're not smart enough. You're not smart and strong enough. You don't have what it takes. In fact, you're a wretched sinner who needs a savior. The, the gospel is, is so opposite from what the world says. But Jesus came and lived and died and, and rose again for, for our sin. And now we are reconciled to God united with Christ so that in every trial, in every test, in every circumstance, 
we've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on our side. And so in the midst of the battle, in the, in the midst of the trial, I got to remind myself, it's not about me. It's not about me trying hard enough. I have, I have to... I have to surrender. I have to get on my knees to fight. I have to, to go to God in prayer. I have to, to trust in Him. I, I can't figure it out on my own strength. My own best thinking will fall and fail every single time. But if I have the mind of Christ, if I allow my mind to be renewed with the Word of God, more than a conqueror, John 15, 5, Jesus put it this way. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, is what Jesus says. Jesus is the source of our life. The vine, he, he's the trunk, he's, he's where we draw everything from, our life from. We have to abide in him, set our minds on, on him and focus on him and, and not feed on the things of the world and the things of the culture and, and just feed on entertainment and, and just pursue happiness. No, we set our mind on the things above, we set our mind on Christ. He is our source. He is our life. He, he is the sustainer of us today. He is where we are going. He, 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 is, he is the outcome. He is the destination. Eternity with Christ, that's what makes heaven heaven, is that Jesus is there. Christ is there in his presence forever. And so we might as well get a head start on eternity and allow our mind to be renewed today, here and now. Because there's, there's only good news in one place. It's the gospel. Like you listen to what the world says. You listen to what the culture says. You listen to what the news says. It's all bad news. But I've got good news for you. Like this world is, is fading away. But there's a kingdom that is coming and is here now. It's the kingdom of God. And if you are in Christ, you're a part of this kingdom. And it will last for all eternity. I need to get back to Romans chapter 8 today. We are more than conquerors. Don't look to yourself. Don't rely on yourself. You will fail yourself every time. Jesus says, look to me. Abide in me. And if we do, we will bear much fruit. What is this more than conquerors? What does that mean? You know, I have to be honest with you. I don't really know, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like the sound of it. It, 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 might mean, it might mean that God takes everything that the enemy means for evil and he works it for our good. So that when you look at the end of your life and you look at your win-loss ratio, it just says WWWW. It's all wins. It's all victories. There's no losses in the believer's column. It's, it's not like the Spurs this year, you know. This, 
We've got a winning record with Jesus. There's no losses with Jesus. We're more than conquerors. We win every fight. We win every battle. It could mean that. But it's, it's better than just a conqueror. It's better than someone who, who just wins. It's, we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Listen, if you're in the middle of a, a battle or, or, or you've, you feel like you've suffered a loss, let me tell you, it, it, it's not over yet. The story's not over yet. You're still in the middle of it. On the other side, there, there's an outcome coming for you through Christ, which is victory. Which is victory. Even suffering and death, God works for our good. So that Paul can write, oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? That even, even the king of kings has defeated death. That, that even death is, has lost its power. The grave has lost its its power, that even if they take my life, all they've done is ushered me into the presence of Jesus Christ. All they've done is shortened my suffering here on earth and, and sent me on to glory. What power that God is exercising on behalf of those who love him. He goes on to write in verse 38, he says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come. Are you sure about this? Are you sure? Are you sure today? How is it that the Apostle Paul could, could be beaten so many times and shipwrecked so many times and imprisoned so many times and we ultimately know that he lost his life for preaching the gospel. How is it that someone can endure so much hardship and so much persecution and, and never lose hope and, and never become depressed and, and never throw in the towel? It's because he was sure of something. He was sure that in all of these things, he was more than a conqueror. He was sure that none of those things could separate him from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So I have to ask you today, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure for yourself? You know, sometimes it's easy to be sure for other people, but it's a little more difficult to be sure for ourselves in our situation. Are you sure? Be sure today. Have faith in God's word. Trust in what it says. It is true and has stood the test of time, and it will prove true in your life. Verse 39, we've got to pay attention to the, to the words very carefully. He says, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Where is the love of God found? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. You got to get this peace. You got to get this peace. There's so many people looking for love in other places that it will not be found. There's, there's people who, who, who think they have 
the love of God, but they don't love Jesus Christ. This verse says so clearly that the love of God is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus said it so clearly. He said, there's only one way to the Father. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. There's only, there's only one way to be made right with God. There's only one way to experience the love of God. It's only through the Son of God. If you want to know God's love, you have to know Jesus Christ. The Father's love is expressed and experienced only through faith in his Son, Jesus. Jesus, on the cross, dying for sinful man, is the greatest expression of God's love. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this, This is how God has showed his love to us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and has sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen, you want to know the love that will take you through and carry you through every trial, every situation, every problem, every foe, every enemy, every test. The only way to know and experience this love is through faith in Jesus Christ Period. Period. There's no other way. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It is Jesus. It is Jesus, the Son of God, who willfully went to the cross, died for you to pay the price for your sin so that through faith in him, you could be reconciled to God, reconciled to the Father, become one of his children. It is only through Jesus Christ. Now, as we wrap this up today, I want you to flip back over to 1 Samuel chapter 30. As I was thinking about all that we've read through and, and, and studied in Romans chapter 8, and we've, we've read and studied some awesome things over the last eight weeks, some very powerful truths I began thinking about how is it that we live and continue to live this, what I called the no condemnation, spirit-filled, power-infused, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, kind of life. How is it that we stay there? How is it that we live with that every single day? Because if I'm being honest with you, there are some days where I live that kind of life, and there's other days where I live a different kind of life. There's some days where I'm victorious and overcoming, and if God is for me, who can be against me? And there's other days where I'm just like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. How, how do we stay there? How do we not have a few days on and a few days off. What is the key, what is the secret to continually living in this kind of life? And as I began to, to reflect on that, the Lord brought me and brought to my memory this story of David from 1 Samuel chapter 30. 
Now, you may know of who David is. You may not know who David is. David eventually becomes the king of God's people, Israel. But when we read this story, he's not the king. He's actually, he's actually an exile. He's a fugitive. The current king, Saul, has been chasing after David and trying to kill him for 20 years. Can you imagine the president of the country you live in trying to kill you for 20 years? Running from, for your life? He's in exile. He, he's not even living in Israel. He's living in, with the Philistines outside of Israel. If he steps foot back into Israel, he, he's going to be arrested and killed. He's been chased all over the countryside, hiding in rocks and in caves. And things are, have not been easy for David the last 20 years. And so he gets a group of men together. It's about a band of about 600 men, his small personal army. And he gathers in these guys and they become a, a pretty formidable force. And what he starts to do is he starts to go and he, he starts to fight with his small army. He begins to fight against the enemies of God's people, even while he's living in enemy territory. And so he takes this city called Ziklag. Can you say Ziklag? <laughs> if I have a fifth child, I'll name him Ziklag. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Ziklag, he, he takes this city, it's a fortified city, and, and he, he sets this up as his home base. So finally, David and his mighty men, his 600 men, they have a home. Well, they go out to fight a battle, and in verse uh, 1 of chapter 30, we're going to pick up the story. It says, when David and his men came back to Ziklag... On the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag, and they overcame Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went on their way. And so David and his army, they're out fighting a battle when they return, they find that their home has been conquered. Their city has been conquered and burned with fire. How many of you, if you pulled into the driveway after church today and your house was engulfed in flames, that would be a pretty horrible day. This is what happened to David. Except it wasn't just to David, it was to all of the people who were with him. So imagine if we all went home from church today and all of our houses had been burned down. That would stink. That would be a bad day. And it says that they carried away all of the women and the children, all of their wives and all of their children carried into captivity. In verse 3 it says, And when David and his men went their way, when, and David and their, his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and their sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Have you ever been there before? 
Have you ever cried until you had no more tears left in your eyes? Have you ever been so desperate that you didn't even have the strength yet to cry any more tears? I've been there. I've, I've had moments like that in my life. David is having a moment like this. David is having a day like this. No more strength to weep. It says that David's two wives had also been taken captive. Verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. And so it goes from bad to worse for David. Now, not only has he lost his home, not only has he lost his possessions, not only has he lost his wives and children, but now even his closest friends want to kill him. That's what being stoned is. It's not, if, you've, if you're from Colorado, it's not um, that. It, it's, they want to kill him with stones. David is having a bad day. He woke up just like any other day, but now in a moment, everything is gone. Everyone has turned his back on him. He's in exile from his own country. He can't go to his own people. He can't even go see his own family in Bethlehem. He has nowhere to go. He has no one to trust. His closest people want to kill him. The seriousness and the hopelessness of David's situation, it cannot be overstated. But this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of David's story. And you might be in a situation where you feel as, as equally as lost, as equally as, as hopeless, as, as equally as dire. Let me tell you, if you're sitting here breathing this morning, it's not the end of your story. So where does it go from here? The second half of verse 6 says this, but, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The verse goes on, verse 6 doesn't stop, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Listen, when everything is against you, when everyone is out to get you, there's a place that you can go to find courage, to find strength, and it's in the Lord your God. Look, there may be days where, where you can't call on anybody. There may be days where you call the church office and you get the answering machine. You call Pastor Terry and you get his voicemail. You call me, you get the voicemail. You send an email, nobody calls out. You call community group leader, nobody answers. There may be a day where you can't get a hold of anybody, but let me tell you who you can always get a hold of. His name is Jesus Christ, amen. And David encourages himself in the Lord. Listen, this is the key. This is the key to living in this kind of life, the, the kind of no condemnation, spirit-filled, always victorious, always conquering kind of life. You have to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And it's in the Lord, his God. Do you see that? 
It's, it's, it's not some sort of God out there. It's not, it's not the good Lord. It's not the big man upstairs. That David has this personal, intimate, close fellowship with God. So it's not that when bad times come knocking, David says, hey, God, remember me? I was baptized when I was nine months old, and I went to Easter that one Sunday at Destiny. Remember me, God? No, it's the Lord his God. That he has this closeness, this intimacy, the this, this fellowship with God. And guess what? It's available to you too. It's not just for superheroes in the Bible. These are normal people. David's got problems. He's got two wives. He's not perfect. He's got issues. And he's, he's not done yet. If you keep reading his story, he, he takes some more. So, I mean, listen, if God will listen to a guy with two wives, he'll listen to you. He'll listen to you. The Lord is God. Listen, being a Christian is not about being perfect. If it was, none of us would be Christians. It's about belonging to God and being one of his people and being purchased and redeemed. And now I'm one of his kids. So I can go into his presence. I can say, Dad, I need help. So he goes to the Lord and he, he encourages himself. He, he strengthens himself in the Lord. And, and I don't, it doesn't say what he said. It doesn't say what he did. But I can imagine that it went something like David saying, my life right now is pretty bad. But I know that my God is always good. I know that my situation and my friends, they're against me. But I know that my God is for me. And if my God is for me, no one can stand against me. Right now, our city's destroyed and it's been conquered. But I know that through God, I am more than a conqueror. Right now, my situation is spiraling out of control. But the sovereign God, the creator of heaven and earth, he is my God. And he is always in control. I, I can imagine it with something like that. You know, you can read the Psalms, you can read what David says in like Psalm chapter 27, where he says, the Lord is my strength, my stronghold, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom will I be afraid? Yes, yes. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many of you know when your city is burning and smoldering, when you're making s'mores at, on your house because it's a campfire now, you, you might be tempted to forget that the Lord has some benefits for you. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who redeems your life from destruction, who, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Listen, this is the key. This is the key. Learning how to, walking in the, the, the ability to encourage yourself, to strengthen yourself in the Lord, where it's just you and him. The whole world might be against you, but God is for you. And you remind yourself of that. And so why, David says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Do you know what your soul is? It's your mind, your will, your emotions. Man, if I had seen what David had seen that day, my thoughts would be out of whack, the things I wanted to do would be out of whack, and my emotions would be out of whack. Can I get an amen? amen. 
But David said, soul, mind, will, emotions, you will bless the Lord today. That's what you got to learn how to do. If you want to walk in, live in, stay in, not get pulled out of the eternal life that Jesus has for you, not in the future, here right now, you got to learn how to bless the Lord. You got to learn how to remind yourself. You got to learn how to align your soul, your mind, your will, emotions with the truth of what God's word says. Amen. Verse 18, let's skip ahead in the story a little bit. David inquires of the Lord. He actually prays. He says, God, what do you want me to do? Do I go and pursue them? Here's the other thing. David doesn't know his kids are alive and his wife is alive. For all he knows, they've captured them and killed them. He doesn't know. We know because we've seen the end of the story. David doesn't know this. So David inquires of the Lord. Lord, do I pursue them? What do I do? God says, go and pursue them. Verse 18, it says that David recovered all, say that, all that the Amalekites had taken away, and David rescued his two wives. Verse 19, nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. This is the more than a conqueror kind of life, where no matter what the enemy does, no matter what the enemy tries to steal from me, in all things, through Christ, I am more than a conqueror. And if, if you will learn how to do this, I promise you, I promise you, if you will learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord, if you will learn how to make your soul line up with the truth of God's word, God will turn your trial into your testimony. Your test, your trial, your tribulation, your pain, your suffering, it will turn into your testimony. It will turn into a, 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 a proclamation that you can make that will bring glory to God most high. But if you stop and quit and throw in the towel in the middle of your mess, guess what's going to happen? You're going to stay there in the middle of the mess. One of the best advice anybody ever told me was when you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Turn the page. There's another chapter. There's another verse. The story isn't finished yet. Amen. Amen. So let this be your story. I don't know what you're going through today. If somebody writes the story of your life and they get to this point, let it be said that you encouraged yourself in the Lord. Let it be said like it was said of David, but so-and-so encouraged themselves in the Lord. I don't know who you are or your name today, but put your name in that blank, but blank encouraged themselves in the Lord. And watch how God will turn it around for you. Watch how God will take what the enemy meant for evil and how he will work it for your good. Because the word says, and the word is true, that in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This is, I believe, if not the key, one of the major keys to living the life that God has for you today is that you learn how to remind yourself of what God's word says and to encourage yourself in the Lord. It's great to have people encourage you. I love it. I love to be encouraged. But there's days when I've got to do it myself. 
I've got to open the book. I've got to get on my knees. I've got to reach out to him. And I can't, I, I, I can't, I, he's got to encourage me. I've got to encourage myself. Like, you've got to learn how to do this. If you will, God's going to turn your trial, your test into your testimony. There are times in our lives where we must make our soul line up with the Word of God. Where we, we have to say, I'm feeling this, but that's not right. Because this is what God's Word says. This, this, this Word says nothing can separate me from His love. I might not be feeling loved right now, but God's Word says I am loved. I might be thinking this. I got to make my thoughts line up with what God's word says. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking that. I'm thinking this about this person. And man, it'd be great if I could run them off a cliff or, or whatever. <laughs> I'm thinking this. I, I know it's not right. Here's what God's word says. I, I've got to make my thinking line up with God's word. Your will, the things you want to do. I really want to do this, but God's word says this. And so I'm going to make my soul, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm going to make my soul line up with God's word. And let me tell you, if you even make the littlest bit of effort to do that, you know what's going to come flooding in? The power of God's spirit. The power of God's spirit to help you, the helper, the comforter, to come alongside of you. So this is it. This is the key. This is how we stay in this place is that daily, I believe daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes moment by moment, encouraging ourselves with this. So I hope you know where Romans chapter 8 is now. I hope you know how to find it. I hope you know how to get there. I hope the next time that your city is burned and your two wives are taken captive. I hope that you know how to go and find Romans chapter 8 and say, I am going to encourage myself today in the Lord my God. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it never returns void and it always proves fruitful in our lives. Thank you that through Christ we are more than conquerors and that nothing in all of creation can separate us from your love, that your love has saved us and that your love will keep us and that your love will carry us from this point forward all the way into eternity and past eternity and that we forever together will experience your love. Lord, I thank you that you have shown us so clearly in your word that the only place to find your love is through faith in your son, Jesus. So Lord, for those who are here today, who maybe have not put their faith in Jesus, I pray that right now, faith would be birthed in their hearts and birthed in their lives, and that they would trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and experience the love that you have and that you have brought us. Lord, for those who are here today who are in the test, who are in the middle of a trial, who are going through a season of hardship and difficulty, Lord, that you would help them to turn the page 
Lord, because I know that through you we are all more than conquerors. And whatever has come against us, no power in hell, nor demon, nor Satan can take us or separate us from your love or can be victorious over us. So, Lord, we stand in faith, trusting in your word, believing in you, encouraging ourselves in you, the Lord our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.